Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. Hosts Rich and Susan Kohlenberg found freedom from 25 years of out-of-control drug and alcohol addiction. They are living testimonials, and in their series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain, Rich and Susan share messages on the problems we face and how Jesus Christ is the remedy to reasoning and thinking right thoughts. Learn how to break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. And once again, we'd like to welcome you to our new series, The Kingdom of God and What Went Wrong with the Human Brain. In this series, we'll explore what happened to humanity and what God has done to set humanity right again. And we always want to ask that question, why are we so addicted to sin? Why are we so selfish? Susan, would you please open with a word of prayer? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to look through your word, to get a bigger bigger picture of who you are, um, to get an honest look as to why we do what we do, and above all, to to realize that you have a remedy to, to heal our sin sick hearts, and we're so thankful for that, that you have done everything in order to make us well. And uh, we just ask that you'll send your spirit to be with us and everybody listening. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's do a little recap. Um, So far in this series, we've discussed what went wrong in Eden, that Adam broke trust with God, he damaged the human brain, that all the descendants of Adam have been born with an infection. What's that infection, Susan? The infection is fear, selfishness, and distrust. Sure it is. It's all resulting from believing lies about God, lies about ourselves. And lies about other people. Lies about other people, lies about our surroundings, lies about how this universe operates and works, Mm -hmm. the principles on which God set the universe up. Mm -hmm. It's it's all about believing lies about that. We're all infected, Mm -hmm. and we all uh, are trying to save self at the expense of other people because we're now separated from God, and so we're afraid, and a lot of times we've turned God into the enemy, mm-hmm. and we run from him, mm-hmm. and we hide, and we point fingers, and we try to save self at other people's expense. Kind of like what Adam did to Eve in exactly. the garden. Exactly. Narks on her first play of the yeah. game. First he, one day he's willing to die for her, and then, yeah. The next no. day, God, the woman that you, you gave, gave me, me. Yeah. she did it. Yeah. And this is why uh, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again, because there's actually something wrong with our first birth. Mm -hmm. In the book of Psalms, of course, David says he was born in sin and conceived in iniquity. So what if there's something wrong with the way we're interpreting the Bible, something that allows us to begin the process of being born again, but then stunts our growth? Last time we discussed the devil and declaratives and how declaratives can damage the brain. Uh, let me give you an example of what a declarative is, and then, uh, I mean, let's just say that the father, there's a father that tells, uh, that says he loves his children, and he continually tells them he loves them, but he's never there for their games, never there to help them with their homework, works till late at night, on the weekends he's off driving motorcycles with his friends, mm-hmm. or what have you, mm-hmm. okay? Well, the declarative, of course, is that 
he tells his children he loves them. Mm -hmm. But what does the story say? Right. The story says that he doesn't, that he's more interested in himself and his ways. And that's what a declarative is. And so it basically, what do your words say and what do your actions say? And the Bible is full of statements that, that sometimes on the surface can contradict what the story says. And so we have to be very careful to pull the declarative out. We went through a few of them uh, last time. And we also discussed the seven levels of moral development and how we can get stuck in certain levels of development and how harmful that can be. And we're going we're gonna to review those stages of development now and uh, try, to, try to get them a little more clearer. Um, and let's also let's review them in a new light. Let's, let's define sin at each level of development. This is going to look at, uh, what is it, Lawrence, Lawrence Kohlberg's Six Stages of Moral Development. And Dr. Jennings has, Dr. Timothy Jennings has added a seventh level and we, we really agree with this, and so we're going to use Dr. Jennings' model, okay? And uh, this, this is why uh, there's so many different definitions of sin, by the way, is because of these different levels, the different stages of growth that we go through. Um, uh, Susan, what's number one? Uh, number one is obedience driven by avoidance of punishment. Okay, and so if, you, if your obedience is driven by avoid, avoidance of punishment, and you're at that first basic level, uh, to those operating on this level... You just want to avoid punishment. Sin is something that I get punished for. Right. So right. I'm going to be... I'm going to do whatever it takes not so to get, get punished. punished. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what's number two? Number two is obedience driven by reward and exchange. Okay, what's what's that reward and exchange? It's kind of like a... a, a you scratch my back, I'll scratch okay, your back. Okay, so so in other words, if I can get something out of this, I'll go ahead and do it. You brush your teeth, I'll read you a bedtime story. Mm-hmm. Okay, so re- so the, the, to those operating on this level, sin is something that I get rewarded for not doing. Right. 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 Okay. So if I don't sin, I get to go to heaven. Yeah, exactly. If I if I pull my sister's hair at my birthday at a, at the birthday party, I don't get a piece of cake. Right. See, so that that becomes sin by because I want that piece of cake. Right. But if I pull the hair. I won't get the so cake. So I'll just wait till after the yeah, birthday party. Yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly what we do. We do right, that kind of stuff right, where yeah. we're you know we're out of the out of the public. when we think no one's looking. Yeah, and, and and in level when we get into this, we'll find that levels one through four, people can't be trusted because their motives are external forces that are causing their behavior, not internal guidelines. Exactly. And, and, pol- and pr- principles. Exactly. What's number three? Driven obedience driven by social approval. Okay, what's this? What's obedience driven by social approval? Well, if everybody's if everybody says it's okay, then it's okay. It, then it's okay. Right. Yeah. What was the, um, yeah, officer? I was going seventy five because everybody else on the freeway was. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so right and wrong. So these those operating on this level see sin as something that makes everybody else mad. Everyone sure gets angry when I tease my sister. Right, so you're yeah. looking around to see what everybody see, else is saying. See what the response of a, is. A moral compass inside yeah. your own mind. You know, and we do this. We do this. I mean, this is the peer pressure thing. I mean, I can remember when I was in seventh grade, and came to school, and everybody was wearing these belts with this big old buckle on them, and I looked, and everybody had them on, but me. Mm-hmm. So how did I miss this? Right. So I wanted one of those, whether it was right, wrong, ugly, or not ugly. It was. What everybody, all the eighth graders had them, and you, I wanted one. Did you get one? I don't even can't even remember if I got one, but I'll <laughs> tell you what, I wanted to be like them. Right. 
You know, you don't want to be an outcast. You don't want to be an outcast. Right. And so, so, you know, how I dressed was defined by how everybody else. Correct. Dressed. Yeah. Okay. What's number four? Obedience driven by obeying authority and conforming to rules. Okay. So those operating on this level see sin as simply breaking the rules. This works, uh, basically it's a works-based religion. You know, a prescribed set of rules that are followed, some good, some not so good, but we just do it because it's, it's the rule. The Pharisees in Christ's days operated on this, on this level, but actually they operated on the first four levels. Um, they, they right, had, they had s- the list of, of what was right and what was wrong. and Based and on their list. Correct. I mean, you could only walk this far on the Sabbath. And then they saw if people weren't like blessed, supposedly like they were, they saw it as punishment from God. Right. You know, that's level one. And so their whole world was interpreted through the first four levels. And that's how they defined sin. Remember the blind guy? Who sinned, him or his parents? Right. And Jesus says, we live on a sinful planet, right. neither one. Right. God is not punishing him. Right. It's just the way things are. This the humanity is so out of harmony with the way God is running things mm-hmm. that that you can't point at him and saying he is punished. Right. You know, Job's three friends showed up and what did they do? You're being punished by God. Right. And Job says, "No, I'm not. I haven't done anything wrong." Mhm. Oh no, you see that's the way their that's the way their mindset was. If something bad was happening to you, you are being punished by God. And it all comes from a defective look at who God is. Yeah, and it's level one thinking. And remember, level one thinking, you can get a dog to obey by simply threatening him with punishment. You can get a dog to obey level two by offering him a reward. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what's number five? This is where we step it up a notch here. This This is where reality works. Right. So number and reason and reason right. works. So number five is obedience driven by love for others. Okay, those operating on this level see sin as being selfish, and remember we've we've I think done this example before about driving through a school zone zone when there are children present, and um, you know levels one through four will drive through the school zone at twenty five miles an hour because. The sign says so because they might get a ticket because they're they don't want to get fined, but there might be somebody there taking their license plate down. Exactly, but what does level five do? Level five says that I'm not going to be selfish. I'm going to worry about the kids. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hit a child. I have love for other people, and I'm going to slow down and make sure that I get through this zone. Even if I got to drive five miles an hour, I don't want to hurt anybody. Right. See, that's what that's the jump that we make. Now we're getting outside of ourselves. So sin is now defined simply as being selfish mm-hmm. in level six. Mm-hmm. Level five. I'm sorry, level five. Yeah. Okay, what's level six? Level six, obedience driven by internal moral principles. Okay, uh, so those operating on this level, um, sin's not only being selfish, sin is hurtful to others. See, there's a principle at work. That when one person gets temporary selfish gain, someone else loses. Um, when we were in our addiction, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I stole time from people. All the time. Okay. Right. And and so when we're talking about that, and you know what? Even in, if we're not in our addiction, we can do that. We can be on the clock for our the place that we work, yet so um, caught up in... And something that's not a part of the work process that, and if it goes on on a consistent basis, then we're really stealing time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so understanding these principles, understanding that, that when I am being selfish, I am affecting the way God has set things up. So sin is now defined as I am going against the way God has his universe set right, up. Right, you're I, out of harmony. I'm out of harmony. Um, I'm not working well with the situation. Right. And uh, therefore, I'm harming others and I'm harming myself. Correct. Um, and you know what? It's like flipping a domino. You can't, the ripple effect of being out of harmony can't be calculated. There's not enough well, numbers in your calculator. Right, you can calculate it by looking around the world today and seeing how, how everybody, how we all are operating and yeah. the pain and the and the hurt and the... The, that's the that's brain the damage. The, 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 the brain damage. Yes. Okay, and of course, what's number seven? Obedience driven by looking at the world through God's eyes and being his understanding friend. Okay, so to those operating on this level, sin is not only being selfish. Sin is not only hurtful to others. Sin is totally out of harmony with the way God has set up his universe to run, how his will operates, uh, how his... If you have a household, you know the things that need to be done in that household for that household to operate in harmony. And when everybody, or, or, I mean, I even like the, uh, I even like the, uh, the law of, uh, cooperation. I love to watch guys on a concrete pour mm -hmm. and the law of cooperation when everybody is concrete, uh, everybody is cooperating when the, when the shoot guys cooperating, the rakers are co cooperating and, and every, the rod guys are, everything is working. Nobody is saying anything. And that law of cooperation well, it just works perfect. Right, they're working to, for the bigger picture. They're for the big picture. Right. Everybody's trying to make the next guy's life easier. Right. And when you have that uh, in mind, and, and of course looking at the big picture and op operating in harmony with the way God set his universe up and, and getting close to God and being his understanding friend and, and praying for his will for you, that you can do something else for somebody else in their lives according to God's will to help them get through life on this planet. Remember, everything gives. Um, and if we can, we, if I could get that driven through my head, um, you know, the, this, is, but it, this is how crazy it can get. And this is what we do, believe it or not. Remember, we talked a few programs ago about the law of respiration and that we give away carbon dioxide, the trees take that carbon dioxide, and they give us oxygen. Now, we can, as human beings, saying, we can say, I produced that carbon dioxide, it's mine. And we can put a bag over our head, and we can hoard our carbon dioxide, but what's going to happen? You're going to die. We're going to die because we're going to be out of harmony with the way things operate. That's right. So we're, we're free to deny God's laws. We're free to go against the way reality works. But God says that in the day that you do that, you will surely die. Okay, let's give you another example. I can deny, I can make a declarative. I can deny the law of gravity. I can declare that, okay? And I can go to the top of the Empire State Building, and I can step off of that top of the Empire State Building, all the while denying that the law of gravity exists. But what's going to happen? The law, of gravity, the law of gravity doesn't care what I feel about it. Right. It exists whether I say it does or not. The law of gravity existed before Newton wrote about it. Mm -hmm. Apples didn't read Newton's law and say, hey, there's a law now. i got to start falling. It's just the way things are. So I can, I can deny that, and, and, and I can step off the Empire State Building, and I will fall to my death, all the while denying the very law that is killing me. Right. 
there are laws. Fixed laws. Fixed laws in morality. Right. In the way the mind works. We can deny them. We can, we can deny that you have to give to live. We can deny that. But if we're takers, we're going to die. You know, then that, that reminds me of the scripture when uh, I don't, I can't remember which who it was that asked the well, which is which is the which is the most important commandments, and Jesus summed it up in these two: love for God and love for man. Yeah, and that ultimately is the ultimate law. Yeah, exactly. You see, it's morally damaging to us to be takers. Being a taker by default turns you into more of a taker. It's just the way things are. By the same token. Being a giver does what? Gives. Turns you into more of a giver. Right. Yeah. It's just the way things are. Um, so let's. that's good you brought up the commandments because let's talk about the um, the last six here. And let's look at them through this lens now, this 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 level five, six, and seven lens. Okay? okay. So number five is honor your mother and father. Okay. In a nutshell, don't take your father and mother's reputation. Don't take. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's, what's, Six is thou shalt not kill. Okay. Don't take life. When we kill, it damages us. You know, Satan went down that road, and God warned him, and he took one-third of the angels with him, and he was able to go down that road so far, that road of killing, that he was able to influence the religious people of that day and the Romans to kill their creator. That's how much brain damage they had. Mm-hmm. That's where killing takes you. That's right. Don't take life. It will kill you. It will take your life. Exactly. Uh, seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. Okay, don't take someone's spouse. Eight, thou shalt not steal. Don't take someone's stuff Nine. or time. Right. Nine, thou shalt not bear false witness. Don't take someone's reputation. And ten, thou shalt not covet. Don't even think about taking. And remember Jesus said that about adultery and about killing. He says, no, I tell you what, it's, it's been written that you're not supposed to kill. I'm telling you, you're not supposed to be angry. What, don't what, even think about don't that even in think your about mind. It. What is, uh, what is uh, being unforgiving? If you're, uh, it's like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Right. An unforgiving spirit is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Because we're just killing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's just the way things are. Right, because when you think, when you, it, that's what Jesus is trying to communicate, the power of your thoughts, that your thoughts will turn you into that unforgiving person. You'll become unforgiving. There'll be no hope yeah. for you because you've changed yourself. And you'll... It's not just some arbitrary statement by Jesus. No. It's nature. It's the way things work. It's lo- the law, right? Okay, now, in the, by contrast now, if you're a giver, do you even have to worry about these commandments? No. No, they're not on your radar screen. Because you're too busy doing good to be thinking about bad. Right. And by doing good, the definition, of course, of doing good is helping others, serving others, and all that, those types of things. Um, so I think that Romans 6.23 and in James, we talk, uh, the Bible talks about it. In Galatians, it talks about what, uh, what exactly we're talking about here. Right, because we're talking about sin and where it comes from and what are the consequences of it. So many times we think it's just punishment from God. When sin, its own self, is like this principle that if we can understand it, we can see what's lying behind it. Exactly, and what it does to us. That's it right. It damages right. us. Right. You know, like, like what we say, uh, God's not trying to get you into trouble. You're already in trouble. He's trying to get you out. That's right. Uh, oh. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, 
but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, according to that text, where's, where's the death come from? It's coming from sin. Okay. And life is coming from God. Exactly. Okay, so uh, what's James have to say about it? James 1, 14 and 15, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So sin brings forth the death. We set ourselves in a trajectory towards death. If you're a taker, you're in a trajectory to death. If you're a giver, you're in a trajectory to, to life. life. That's right. just the way things are. Okay, what's, uh, what's Galatians have to say about Galatians, uh, seven, 6, verses 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from that flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from that Spirit reap eternal life. The one that sows to the carnal nature from that nature reaps destruction. It's the carnal nature that will get us that birth defect of fear and selfishness. But isn't that incredible how God gives us a decision? He's not picking and choosing. He's saying, these are the principles. Take a look at it. Reason it through. See what good does and see see what evil does. And now you have the freedom to choose. Mm-hmm. Do you, why do you, Jesus says, why do you choose death? Choose life. Right. Right? Um, so, and basically in these texts, uh, seems to me what the Bible's saying here is that sin punishes sin. Right. You know, um, there are theologies that say sin isn't that bad, that God has to add something to it. Uh, Sin is an attitude of rebellion against the way God has set his universe up to run. If you love self more than others, because the infection of fear and selfishness has not been dealt with, you will die. Jesus came with a cure. The remedy is simple. What's the remedy in Romans chapter 12, Susan? Love one another warmly as Christians and be eager to show respect for one another. And Romans 13, 8, be under, uh, be under obligation to no one. The only obligation you have is to love one another. Whoever does this has obeyed the law. Wow. What law? What's 13, 9 say? 13, 9 says the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not commit murder. Do not steal. Do not desire what belongs to someone else. All these and any others besides are summed up in one commandment. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And Romans 13, 10, if you love others, you will never do them wrong. To love then is to obey, to obey the whole law. What law? The law of life. The law of giving. The law of love. The law on which the entire universe is set up. What does Galatians 5.13 say? As for you, my friends, you were called to be free, but do not let this freedom become an excuse for letting your physical desires control you. Instead, let love make you serve one another. Serve one another. Be concerned for one another. Help one another show love. In other words, give. And this principle of giving is evident, like we said, all the way down to the cellular level. You get a virus that gets into your cell, and it mimics your RNA and your DNA, and it takes and it takes until that cell dies, and it reproduces, and it takes and it takes till another cell dies, and it reproduces, and it takes until the host, the person itself, will die. Unless what? Unless those white blood cells come and give their life. Unless they might give that you might live. That's All right. the way down to the cellular level, this principle that God, um, that God has established, the way his universe runs. Um, it's just the way things are. 
So we have the choice. Do we want to live within the law of God, with the law of love, the law of others, or do we choose the law of self and death? That's it. That's the question. In uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it says, Be like newborn babies, always thirsting for the pure, pure spiritual milk, so that by drinking it you may, be gr- you may grow up and be saved. So God wants us to get us out of levels 1 through 4 thinking and get us to levels 5 through 7. As the Scripture says, says, you have found out for yourself how kind the Lord is. Next time, next time we're going to look at the three threads of evidence and our God-given abilities, and we're going to tie this whole thing together on, on the confusion of why there are 30,000 different Christian groups. Now give us a call at 916-645-1297. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle, and the other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose in the series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain? If you or someone you know is living in the captivity of addiction and having trouble finding freedom, Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that God does work miracles. They've created a seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the addiction recovery workbook for yourself, someone you know, or your church, Call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com and they'll send one to you. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. Contact them at 916-645-1297 or online at justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.